We all wanna be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Okay. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I couldn't hit record fast enough because I have a very special guest with me here today. We, I feel like we're long lost sisters. <laughs> you just were chatting. And if I didn't hit record, we probably would have just talked about life and missed the whole podcast interview. But welcome to the show, Dr. Jennifer Blossom. Yay. Hello, my friend. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Oh, Brittany, thank you so much for having me. It is. It is such a joy to be here. And you you can totally feel that energy, that connection. And I'm so excited just to dive in with you, girl. So thank you. I know. So when the way that we connected, I I went to Jennifer's Instagram and I felt like I was scrolling through a feed that was in my brain. It's like, oh my gosh, we are so on the same page. And that's why I have this podcast. So I can have these conversations and share it with the world. Because if not, I would just be having these conversations with myself. So I'm very, very grateful that we are able to connect. So Dr. Jennifer is a board certified occupational therapist, peak performance trainer, helping high achievers and high achieving organizations merge the power of neuroscience and leadership skills to stay mentally sharp and emotionally resilient while advancing personal and professional goals. I mean, come on, sister. This is amazing. The work that you do is so important in this world. And I just, I get so excited to talk to other people that work specifically with high achievers, because we both know if you take that high achieving energy that you focus on external uh, validation and you turn it inward, it creates magic, which I think we probably both relate with because you both are high achievers. When we stopped the external focused inward, we were making magic in the world. Yes. And it's such a different congruency. Like when you can harness that energy and focus inwards, you can create so much more from your point of power. Mm -hmm. And it is like the missing piece today. And I love it. I love that we get to have this conversation. It's so needed. So needed. So, so needed. And before we hit record, I was laughing because as I was binging all of your content and there, you have so much science behind the work and I'm laughing. So I was like, I just found it on my own, right? I'm like, oh, this works for me. And hearing the science behind why dance parties work and why having fun and all of these things, I'm like, yes, I figured it out. But I love when there's science, when there's data to back up the theories that I have created in my own life. So tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started into this work, and then we'll dive in. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. It's just such a joy and a treat to be in this space with you and to have these intimate conversations. So um, I'm Jennifer Blossom. I moved to Washington state about two years ago with my husband and our two little boys and really started the journey of a lifetime. Um, I've been in the online space for about eight years. Um, and two years ago, I made the pivot from 
building a brand around motherhood to building a brand um, for high achievers. And it was in that pivot in that space where I was really having my own internal like conundrum, this own my own internal struggle of wanting to step out and expand and, and have built these super successful companies, but something felt off. Like I looked the part and I was successful on the outside. You know, you can check all the boxes, like you, you, you dress well, all, all the external things, material things, like you dress well, you have the house, the kid, like all the things and was completely broken on the inside. And so for me, that brokenness felt like just chains and, and bondage of anxiety and guilt and worry and fear that I thought just came out of nowhere. But in doing this inner work, I realized I've struggled with this for the majority of my life, which really took root about 15 years ago and got really bad when I was in um, grad school and uh, struggled with infertility. And I, I didn't realize it then, but it was just these days and weeks and months and really years filled with anxiety attacks and panic attacks and being so crippled by fear that I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't live my life. So when we, but I did, I just masked it. So when we, when we moved to Washington, it was like all hell break loose, broke loose internally. And I was like, what is happening? I'm supposed to be successful and I don't feel successful. And all that to say, it was such a beautiful season as well, because when I hit my internal rock bottom, I had this massive panic attack on a run and I, I almost passed out. I didn't know what was going on. And I just, we had just moved to Washington and I, I felt like I couldn't even move. And it was so paralyzing. And in that moment, I was like, okay, God, like I got to change. Something has to change. I can't go on this way. And from that moment, I just poured myself into this sphere of how we can understand the brain. So it, it, I wasn't new to this space, right? Like we, we know to listen to the podcast, to read the books, to have the positive affirmations. And I was like, none of it's working. And I still felt off. And it was in that moment of cracking and truly understanding the brain, the mind, how we can heal and what we need to heal. And then from there, how to process emotions and intentionally create thoughts and, and how to manage thoughts that aren't intentional moving forward. Like that was the secret to moving on in life and creating this space where we can have that inner peace and be wildly successful on the outside. Mm -hmm. And so it was like in that rock bottom moment that I was like, okay, like you heard like the super cliche-ish thing of like, there's a there's a message in the mess. And I was like, okay, I get it, but this mess sucks. <laughs> but it was like in that mess that all this beauty was birthed and in that pain that is now so much like power to, to just reach the hearts of people who are walking through something similar. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's so, there's so many layers to that because when with the external when you when you've checked all the boxes and you still feel completely unsatisfied and unfulfilled by life there's just the perpetuate thinking that there's something wrong with you right yes. like and then feeling guilty that i have everything i could ever want yet there's something missing so let's speak to that because i so so many high achievers that i work with that is the problem is i don't know what it is i should be grateful for this life that i have but i'm not and then i feel guilty about not being grateful so yeah. let's speak to that yeah so there's this term called the hedonic treadmill are you familiar with it yes of course you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and when I discovered that it changed my life because in this space of high achievers, we can get caught, like you were saying, this perpetual cycle of wanting more, of doing more, of going after the thing. And we're, what we're really doing is we're chasing the feeling that we think that thing is going to give us. And when we get that thing, whatever it is, an advancement, 
um, I don't know, some kind of accolade, whatever we're trying to chase. Mm -hmm. It's like, we get that immediate hit, that immediate dose of happiness, of pride, of self-worth, of validation, like whatever we're going after. And we can relish in that and feel it for a few days or a few hours or a moment, or maybe even like a few seconds. And then it's over and we're like, okay, what's next? And so it's like, we're constantly seeking out this feeling that we think this thing's going to give us. So some real practical examples could be like, um, I don't know, like teams winning the Super Bowl or somebody winning the lottery or these like big weddings, like these big moments in life, which we think are going to give us this like hit, like same thing with like the, the post-holiday blues or like when Christmas doesn't live up to our expectations, like we have all these ideas of these magical quote unquote moments that are supposed to give us this feeling, but it's like we always fall short of it. And so it's understanding and getting super clear of what is the feeling you're going after and how can we create that today? Mm. And that in itself is huge. I have to share too. So one thing I, I have been working on, um, and doing my inner work is like letting go of and releasing all of this fear. I'm like, okay, like I've processed this for over a year. I've like, I feel pretty strong in this area. And I want to start to elicit these more intentional emotions of um, purpose, of excitement, of joy. And my coach, I was expressing this frustration because I'm like, I feel like I'm like at 20% and I want to be at a hundred percent. She's like, Jenny, you, you just went in like a negative frame of mind for 20 plus years and now you're expecting yourself to jump all the way up to feel hundred percent. She's like, why don't you just let yourself be okay with having that 10% of joy or 10% of whatever you're feeling. And then each day work on like increasing that faucet just a little bit more, like 13%, 14% and go, go easy. It's a mental muscle you have to practice. And mm -hmm. I think we can get stuck in that frame of mind too, as being successful of like, mm -hmm. we want to feel all the gratitude right now. And we feel it at like a 5% mark. And then we get frustrated or guilty because it's not this like overwhelming sense of gratitude. So it's having that grace on ourselves and being able to like, slowly expand our energy and our emotions to what we want to be feeling and not getting upset at ourselves when we don't have this like massive wave of positive emotions because we think we should. Mm. I'm so glad you brought that up because that that is the work, right? Is being able to yes. expand your capacity to feel the good emotions. And I think so many people, they start doing the work, right? They start meditating and journaling and all listening to the podcast and applying the teachings and the lessons. And they're like, why isn't this working fast enough? <laughs> it's like, because yes. our capacity to feel the good emotions is very limited. And when you try to expand into it too fast, you can't hold on to it. it you end up self-sabotaging because even though it's what we want, it's so uncomfortable that we revert back to old behaviors and patterns. And I think I want to talk to that, like never feeling satisfied because this was the aha that I had recently is our primitive brain, our survival brain. If we were satisfied, we wouldn't be here as a society. So it is a part of our brain. It's literally a part of who we are as human beings to, to never a hundred percent be satisfied because if our cave men sister, brothers were satisfied. They'd be like, all right, we're totally fine. Just living in this cave and eating the berries and hunting, right? Like there would be no drive to evolve, which is what we're here to do. Human beings are meant to evolve. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that makes so much sense. And I think for the high achievers that always think something's wrong with them, because that was me. It's like, I have everything I could ever want. What's wrong with me? It's like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just how your brain is designed. Yes. And 
like what you were saying too, when we practice, I love that. Like when we practice certain thoughts and certain emotions for so many years, our brain literally creates such deep neural pathways and deep neural grooves. And it doesn't cost your brain a lot of energy, mental energy to, to go think that it, it's so used to it. It's so it's a habitual automated thought process. And so when you're starting to create and expand into these new pathways and create those new pathways, your brain's having to do like twice the work and it's going to want to go back to what it knows because it's comfortable and it's not scary. So when you're, when you're doing these new pathways and thinking these new thoughts and beginning to feel these new feels, like you said, it's new, it's uncomfortable. Your brain's like, Hey, is this a threat? Are we safe? Right. And so it's like that self-coaching of like, we got this, I got you mm-hmm. and we're safe here. And so you're holding space for those two pathways. You, we don't make the the previous pathway bad or we don't judge it. Like it's going to go back there. Yeah. We just meet it with compassion and redirect. Redirect. Ugh, the compassion and redirect is hard. It's hard. Yeah. Great. Simple, right? Simple to talk about, but it's hard in theory because it takes so much more energy. I don't know if you notice this with your clients when you're working with them, but sometimes they're exhausted after a session because they're using their brain in such a way to redirect that it is exhausting. And your brain is like, I am tapped out. I just want to go back to thinking these old crummy outdated thoughts because it's just so much easier. So, okay. I want to talk about, and I love how you call it the pressure cooker, (laughs) the pressure cooker trap of high achieving. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what that pressure cooker is and how you overcome it. Okay. I think cause I'm such a, like ingrained in motherhood that we use the instant pot literally every freaking week. And I'm like, this image is just like perfect because totally we, right. Like we're making like barbecued chicken. And I'm going to try it again for like a fifth time this month. I'm like, oh, I gotta like be more creative with my meals here. <laughs> anyway, like the instant pot pressure cooker is just like the perfect analogy. Cause I see it so often, but it is, it's like, if you can imagine the instant pot or whatever kind of pressure cooker and after the 10 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever, it starts to like sh- almost like shake. And like, really it's like so ingrained with coming out of it. It's like steam. You're like, oh my, this thing's going to blow up if I don't let out a little bit of steam. And so when the timer goes off, we like, we need to let, let that steam out for it to decompress, reset, like recalibrate so we can open it up. And so when we think about the pressure cooker for high achievers, it's like, we are so good at, um, at stuffing things, at hiding things, at masking things, at cramming things into our schedule, because we get it done. And like, we are a, we are a special breed of humans because we are the go-getters. We're freaking workhorses. We just get crap done all the time. And we're hot. We can be super hot on ourselves. And it's like all these things from different angles, like coming at us, all the fires we put out, all of the projects we manage, the teams we manage, the the, the kids, the everything, there's so many hats. And if we are not doing our inner work every single day, it is a matter of time before all of the ingredients in your mind and your day start to cook and cook and cook faster until it is like the internal pressure cooker is going to explode. And if you don't do the daily work of letting that steam out every single day, eventually that, that your internal instant pot is going to explode. Mm -hmm. And it could look like, I mean, it's all, it could be, it's different for all of us. Like for me, my instant pot exploded on that run and it was, it manifested itself as a massive massive, like I thought I was having a heart attack, physical anxiety attack. It was so physical. My whole body was shaking. 
And, you know, like that's very dramatic and very extreme. It could look like, you know, somebody getting sick or I don't know, like, um, like just waking up at 3am and not being able to fall asleep because your brain is going. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's so many different ways. Yeah. That it, that it can, you're just like checked out with life, like super burned out. You're not in touch. Like you don't feel love towards your, your people. Like it just, it's different for everybody, but something's going to give, something's going to break. And so the thought is, is that we're doing our work every single day to release that steam, to release that pressure, to know what's causing us that pressure. And a lot of times it's, we're creating our own internal pressure and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And so when we realize that we have to take complete ownership over that pressure and we can decide if we want to engage with that, like, like what if we could build businesses and, and live our life? like from a place of ease instead of stress. And when when we're so used to being addicted to the stressful feelings, the overwhelm, like it becomes our normal. But if you can learn how to approach your days differently by releasing that steam and being in charge of that steam when it comes, when it comes on, everything changes. Mm, Oh, so good. I've, as you're, as you're speaking through it, I'm thinking about when it burns (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've had that experience. But like, yeah. <laughs> or it lo- like Vince Upon doesn't have any words except it does say burn, burn. and then yes. you open it up and the rice is just totally stuck to it. And that is yes. exactly when you don't release that, it's exactly what happens. It's the fastest track to, wow. to burnout. And I think, you know, pressure, there can be productive pressure in a really good way. But then when that pressure is coming from stress, when that pressure is coming from lack, when it's coming from scarcity, insufficiency, that's when we run into trouble because there is, you know, high achievers are a special breed. They do get shit done, but when it's come, it depends in which the energy that it's coming from, but the inner work, you have to do the inner work because the energy will always default to fear scarcity, lack, but that's just because of how our society has evolved is we're so fear-based on everything that we think that if we don't do the things perfectly, that everything's going to crumble down. We're terrified of failing, but when you do the inner work, it totally shifts how you approach your life and how you approach your career. Yeah. Oh, I love that visual of the pressure cooker. I'm never yeah. going to look at the I know, right? Next time I burn the, burn the freaking barbecue sauce, I'm going to think of our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like burn all the time. I mean, it's more, yes. yes. And you, know, you know, the whole thing. But anyways, uh, what, what I was going to say is I love your, your comment about pressure and how we can, we can actually choose to reframe that same thing with anxiety. Like if you think of the, like how anxiety feels in your body, it, it has a lot of the same physiological symptoms as excitement. So yes. for me, it's like, Oh, my, my tummy feels ner- like butterfly. It can feel like, whew, like I'm a little bit r- like nervous, ready to go. And so I, I know that can feel like anxiety or stress or pressure from my day, but I can also flip it in my brain and be like, yes, I'm excited. Let's do this. And so being mm-hmm. able to give it a more powerful meaning again, comes down to taking complete ownership over how you want to show up and, and feel through your day. Mm, So good. So good. And I think, you know, that that is the work right there is being able to reframe and first being able to identify what it is in our body, because with the high achieving, it's constantly seeking that external validation that whatever you're finally doing is good enough and being able to identify that completely shifts how you approach your life. 
Yeah. Oh, so good. So I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about sensory strategies to chill out your nervous system, because this is something that I do with my clients too, is nervous system regulation and giving them the tools to do it every day. You only need a couple minutes to truly Mm -hmm. shift your, your state. So I want to hear what your sensory strategies are and why it works. Okay. I love this question so much, partially because um, I have a private practice just for kids. And so I do pediatric therapy and one of the just main approaches that I use for a lot of the kids that I see um, evolves around sensory processing. And so what I help a lot of these kids and families do is build out a sensory diet. And so this past year, I was like, I have built out like hundreds of sensory diets. Why aren't adults using sensory diets? Thousand percent. I'm like, did this work for all these kids? And I'm like, wait, I use all of these strategies for myself unknowingly because I've I've been a therapist for so many years and I'm like, it just comes so natural. And then when I started to talk to some of my colleagues, they're like, what is the stimular input? And I was like, wait, what? Like people Mm -hmm. don't know this. And so Mm -hmm. basically I'm like, we could do a whole podcast on this, but what we want to draw awareness to, right? It all starts with self-awareness. And when we are operating from this place of fight or flight or just real intense, like, like you said, like got to get crap done today. Like just go, 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 go. We've, we've, we've got to infuse our nervous system with different sensory angles to, to chill it out, or it's going to be on that fight or flight. And we're just going to be operating up here and operating on the space of like super high for a long period of time is just a recipe for burnout, for exhaustion, for sleep issues, just all the things. And so when we look at the different sensory systems, so sensory systems, meaning like um, our sight, sound, smell, taste, um, knowing where your body is in space, uh, movement, um, internal. So being able to like know when you have to go to the bathroom or knowing when you're hungry, knowing when you're thirsty, there's so many different sensory systems, um, that, that we need to pay attention to and that we experience every single day, that sensory input. So even when you wake up first thing in the morning, we are inundated with sensory input. So we're inundated with what we see, what we hear, with what we smell, with the clothes that we put on our body, all of these things. And so when we understand that our body is constantly, being inundated with sensory experiences, we can do, and we can provide it with different sensory strategies to help relax it throughout the day. And so um, what's interesting about this is it's not a one size fits all. So what what I can do, if you want, is just go over different ideas with like yes. different sensory systems. Yep, and that was my next help. question. Perfect, okay. So then what I always have like clients do is I'm like, okay, here's some ideas and then practice it and see, see what works best for you. And so- what we want to do is like sprinkle them throughout our day. So I have different reminders on my phone that go off of like, oh, time for a sensory break or or I'll just know that when I'm in this work zone, I need these sensory strategies to help like chill me and focus me. And so one of them is, let's just start with like our auditory system. Okay, so if you are like coming home from a long day or if you work from home and you have been just going all day with like interviews, coaching, this, that, like loud noises or the TV on or music can just be too much at once. Mm-hmm. And it can feel very overwhelming. A great example for this is if like we're ever driving and we're trying to get somewhere and we're lost and the radio is on or the music's on nine times out of 10, people will turn off the music to try to find the street. Do you do that? Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, my husband, my husband, he like loud noises. One of his biggest bugaboos is when we're out in public and someone's phone is on and he can hear whatever they're listening, listening to. Yes. He so he's, yes, stand it. yes, 
so he's got some like sensory sensory quirks of this like some little like auditory this is too Uh much going on right now so we already have those like built-in strategies of okay this is too much like noise input I'm gonna turn this radio off so I can focus on this same with like when we're working if we're listening to loud music or the radio it's just like we cannot get things done and so when you are feeling overwhelmed noise can be one of the first things to either eliminate or decrease or tune into calming really low music whether it's like um classical smooth jazz yes acoustic nature sounds maybe it's noise canceling headphones but being able to tune out like the noise can be a really really great sensory strategy And also it can be used on the exact opposite. So our dance parties, right? If our energy is feeling low or like, just like, like energetically blah, we can have our like go-to hype up um, stations. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I'm like digging Spice Girls right now on Pandora and I'm like, (laughs) and it just really brings up my energy so I can focus and feel great internally. And so it's playing with those, that system of, Hey, what do I need to decompress right now? What, what noise can I take away or tune out or tune off? Or how can I use it to get my energy back up? So that sound is huge. Um, Another thing is um, smell. So uh, our smell, so olfactory, there's a direct correlation with um, our sense, our olfactory system and the limbic system. So so there's like massive um, evidence and research that supports like aromatherapy, like calming essential oils, a nice candle to burn, but looking at ways that we can incorporate senses throughout our day to help infuse calmness so whether it is like diffusing essential oil having a nice candle um sprinkling essential oil like on your collar or on your shirt is a great way to just take that initial smell smelling lavender orange pe- peppermint like whatever smells bring you calmness and relaxation um is a great way to just kind of decompress and reset um Another one, and I love this one, is increased oral motor input. This one is like, sounds very sciencey, but it's really not. So oral meaning your mouth, when you want to focus or decompress, or if you feel stressed out, chewing something hard and crunchy. So like gum, like when I'm really focused, I will pop like four pieces of gum. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, oh my gosh, like you are chewing like a cow right now. I'm like, I know, but I got to focus. And it's like that deep compression of your mouth helps with that regulation. So chewing gum, um, sucking cold water through a straw, sucking thick liquid through a straw. So a smoothie or a yogurt through a straw, um, yeah, uh, chewing on crunchy snacks. So instead of chips, something like carrots or celery or popcorn, or like, I'll give my kids veggie straws. And it's just that deep crunch that is that oral motor proprioceptive input Mm -hmm. um, that can be really, really helpful. And I'll just share one more, um, just kind of a combination of vestibular input. So knowing like that your body's movement in space. So a lot of times when kids come to my clinic and they're super aroused and their sensory system is just like out of whack, I'll get them in the swing and we'll swing Mm -hmm. right away. My kids love swinging also. I I mean, we like kind of like us as adults, like we love like the hammock feel or even swinging our own selves. So being able to create some kind of movement input in our day, whether it's um, sitting at our desk in a kinesio ball, like on a ball chair or doing our arm, like windmills with our arms, or even like going for a swing ourselves, like in a hammock or in a back porch swing, um, or just being able to rock like forward and back in your, in a 
in a rocking chair or some kind of chair, that vestibular slow linear input, so linear meaning front and back or side to side, is super calming. It's very similar to rocking a baby when, like, you know, right, when the baby is little, like mm-hmm. that rocking back and forth input, we're giving our babies that vestibular input or rocking them in our arms, like back and forth, that vestibular input is super regulating for them. And so it's like, why do we give our kids all this stuff, but we don't use these things. So those are just a few, there's many more that we can do, but there's just a few options and ideas for listeners to kind of explore with. Um, even like squeezing like those stress balls or therapy or Play-Doh, something tactile with your hands, that can be helpful too. Um, a weighted blanket, uh, a heavy blanket just to wrap up into taking a hot bath. It's just all different ideas to just practice throughout our day to help relax and, and recharge. Ooh, that, that was a lot. I was no, like, I could, I'm like more, more. Yeah, uh, I know. I love this them. because it's just things that I do naturally. And it's so, I love hearing why this works because it just, for me, it just anchors these practices even more. Uh, but it makes sense. I, I wonder is it the, the swinging, is that because when you're in the womb, that's what you're used to. It's like when you're, when your mom is walking, that there's that swinging and it's very calming. I'm just curious yeah. if that is what came up in my mind. It's just that like feeling of comfort, but it is true. Swings, porch swings, hammocks. Everyone loves a swing. I'm currently yeah. designing Ellie's playroom. And I'm thinking about that. I want to install one of those swings for yes. sensory because for us and for her, I think the, yes. everyone would benefit from that. Yes. You can do like a little carabiner on a beam or they make really cool swing stands like on Amazon yeah. swing stands too. Yeah, yeah. Those are great ideas. That's so great. Oh, I love it. So let's speak a little bit more because this is the understanding the nervous system and what this has to do with our emotional, mental, spiritual, physical well-being. It was for me one of the aha moments because when we were talking about the stress, we're looking when we're up here, we're up really high, we get an email and we're receiving that email like it's a saber-toothed tiger. So our body is responding the way that it would if we were actually under threat. Email our words it's not a threat, but our brain, we are perceiving it like that. So why is this so important in just living as a human being and work in life? Yeah. Well, that's just it too, is like our brains are primarily wired for survival and it doesn't know any difference if it, if it feels a threat from an email versus a threat from a tiger chasing us. So it's our job to... <clears throat> to coach our, our mind, right? Like our, 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 when I first learned this, I was like, wow, this, this fact is fascinating. Our mind and our brain are two different things. Like our brain is like the anatomical structure. Our mind is like comprised of those thoughts and emotions. And so, and then our, and then both like influence each other, right? Like our thoughts can rewire our brain and how our brains influences our, it's just this wild like thing to think about. So it's our job to, to really like coach our own mind of like, Hey, this is an email. It's not, it's, it's not like this huge threat. We're going to be okay. And so being able to know your response and also know that like, you get to choose exactly how you want to respond to And oftentimes the, the, like what we're feeling is a response to this is like trippy to think about is the response to the thoughts that we're currently having about the response itself. 
And so if the thoughts that we're currently having about the response are negative, are stressful, are panicked, like, of course, we're going to feel that way. Mm -hmm. If our thoughts, like we can catch them and redirect them and come from a place of power and, and be like, okay, like this, this, blah, 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 this happened. And this is how I'm choosing to respond. And so our response is different. So the response is really a determinant of the thoughts that we choose to have about that response. And we can choose to react from a threatful way, but we can also choose to react in the way of empowerment and we're still safe. Oh, so good. And so what's coming up for me is in theory, right? It's like, this is great. But why do people have a hard time doing this on their own? Because this yes. is what coach, I, I think people get confused about what coaching is. And this is what coaching is truly all about is helping you see your mind and see the thoughts that are creating the emotional experience. Why do people have a hard time doing this on their own? Because we haven't practiced it. Mm-hmm. We have practiced our own ways of, of thinking and living for 30, 40, 50 years. No one's ever taught this to us. This is all relatively newer and newer in a sense of now we have coaches pioneering this space to empower other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like any mental muscle, like, or, or any muscle we, when we're developing a new mental muscle, a new neural pathway, we have to practice it over and over and over until it becomes automated and automatic. And our, our mental energy is finite, right? So if we are cognitive power, if we are spending it you know, in the space of trying to rewire all these things, like it's, it requires effort. And so it is a challenge and it's worth it. It's where the work happens. Mm -hmm. So good. So true. So tell me what fun, how using fun plays into this work, because I, I know in my life when I'm having a really hard time and I can make something fun, something fun, it all of a sudden doesn't feel at, I don't feel as blocked. I don't feel as much. So how do we incorporate fun into growing this mental muscle and growing and expanding our capacity to feel and to have, and to be, I I love this question because this also is actually relatively new for me because I was in this space for so long, just achieving and grinding and working. Like I didn't make time for fun. And then I felt super guilty for having fun or we would have fun and I would be checked out mentally. Cause I would be still thinking about all the things I need to get done or what I was going to do when I was, when I got back, blah, 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 blah. And so this all came to me when I was heading to Hawaii for a girl's trip and I was in the Seattle airport and I saw this really cute book on a shelf called The Fun Habit. And I was like, that mm. book is so cute. I don't know what the fun habit is, but I want this habit. So I, I bought the book and I started reading it on the way down to Honolulu. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I have been missing out on fun for the past decade of my life. Why? Like when I think about Jenny, like as a, a younger kid and like being like emotionally free, it was like this happy-go-lucky, just in tune and in love with life. And I'm like, where where did we get stressed out and all as adults, like stressed out and grouchy and not doing like the stuff that lights us up. I don't know where we all got like stuck on that conundrum, but like we got to break it. And so when I started to realize my own life, like I have been creating this internal stress for so long. And even though you do the things you aren't truly present in the moment, having fun. And so it was developing the self-awareness around all the blocks I had around fun and to kind of retrain myself of Jenny, it's okay to have fun. It's totally safe and you need to have fun. And it didn't feel safe at first. And even still today, it's like I had to practice myself, practice like showing up and like, okay, how can we have fun today? What can we do today? that's going to make us laugh 
us as in like me and myself. I'm like, we're a whole team here. <laughs> but it like, is because it's all parts of you, right? It it's is. like, it's not just one, there's the younger Jenny, it's the present, yes. right? It's, it is all parts of us. So that makes yes. sense to me. Like, what can we do? I have that conversation yes. all the time. It's never just me. It's all parts. It's all of us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is a whole team effort. And yeah. so, yeah, it's just asking yourself these questions and it's not just saving it for, you know, vacations or family outings or whatever. It's like, how can we infuse fun in our day-to-day life? And it's really dropping into that intuitiveness and and intentionally creating it, intentionally scheduling it. Like if it's not on our calendar, it's most often not going to happen. Not that it all has to be rigid and scheduled, but really intentional with infusing it into your days, into your weeks, and then just tapping back into the things that light you up, those passions, those, um, hobbies that you love or hobbies or, or new skills that you want to learn and totally embracing all of that about you and just going after it, after it and making it happen. Like, it's just, it's really that simple, excuse me, but it, but it's not that simple. Like it sounds simple, but then it's actually, simple, you know, but it takes yes, yeah, it's like it effort. Takes effort. That's how all this work is like. And I think this is what I found so many people listen to these conversations and they're like, yeah, but then they don't do it because it's so simple that they write it off, that it has to be more complicated. And our brains love to overcomplicate things. And it really is this simple. You just have to, to do it. Do it. And you do it consistently, not consistently, just not just once, right. I eat a carrot once I'm healthy. Yes. Oh, it's the consistency. It's, of it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. This was, I feel I'm talking to my long lost sister, this conversation so has been so fun. Is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't touched on before we wrap up? You know, I think the only thing that comes to me is just allowing yourself to trust the process. I think we can be so hard on ourselves of thinking that, like you were saying, something's wrong with us, that we want to feel better immediately. And <clears throat> that's not the end goal. Cause we're like, even when you have these tools, like you're still going to have the contrast of the great emotions, the hard emotions. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is all part of the human experience. So I think if you take anything away from this, this lesson or this conversation today, it's just embracing all of you, meeting yourself with compassion, with grace, with acceptance and being okay. And, and more than okay, like totally embracing the journey, the ups, the downs, the, the, this, the whole beautiful evolution that we are on as humans. And that's the magic. Like there's no, there's no end destination and like until we're dead, like we're all, we're always right. going to be evolving yeah. and, and allowing yourself to experience that freedom and taking the pressure off of yourself. I thought, I think we can even create pressure for trying to feel better about our, about life and ourselves. And it's like, we don't, we don't have just be, just yeah. be here, drop in, let go and just be. And that, that is, that that's the gift. That's the power. That is the power. I love that. That's, I love that those were your final thoughts because what always comes to me is this isn't, we don't get a practice life. This is it. Yeah. There's, there's no practice that like we are, we are currently living the yeah. human experience and this is our one shot at it. So yeah. really shifting. That's why this work is so important. It is so important. And I think more than ever, because than- there is the shift and I love technology. I love social media, but there has been such a shift in how people perceive their achievements based off of what we're seeing other people do online and in the perfect curated feed. And it's feeding into that 
space even more. So this work really helps shift, turn off the noise, stop looking at external, what people are doing and just go inward. And that's where you really create that peace. It doesn't come from anywhere else other than from within. So Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun chatting with you. You have a podcast. Tell me a little bit about the podcast. Yes. Well, thank you for having me again. Like these conversations are just so special to have. And so I hope, yeah, I just hope your audience is just so blessed by it and can really take home some juicy nuggets to just expand their life and and their growth. Oh, Oh, having me on. It was just like a conversation with my long lost sister. And so, so good. So Um, good. So the Dr. So Jennifer Blossom show, that's the podcast. That is the podcast. We have a, a weekly episode every Monday that drops. And it's just, it's very similar to this conversation. It's an extension of the, these convos, these tools, just ways that we can better every part of our, our internal well-being. Awesome. And how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about the programs and services you have? Yes. Um, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, over on Instagram at Dr. Jennifer Blossom and then Dr. Jennifer Blossom.com. Amazing. I'll make sure that that is in the show notes. Uh, before we wrap up, I always love to ask my guests what, if I was to interview their friends and family, what they would say your superpower is. Oh, oh, um, honestly, connection and its ability to connect so deep with so many different types of people and just to reach their hearts like soul to soul is just a superpower and I'm so grateful for it I can tell because we instantly had that connection that was the first thought that I had so that is definitely your superpower well thank you so much for your time for sharing your wisdom I learned so much I love I mean all of the uh, nervous system regulation, the sensory diet. I love that. I'm going to create my own sensory diet for myself. Yes, girl. So great. Um, I look forward to continuing to learn from you and to keep these conversations going. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Oh my goodness. Dr. Jenny was my long lost soul sister. We could have talked for hours and hours and hours, and it's so fun to listen to someone's story who has such different life circumstances, but such similarities in how we experience our life. And that is the power of connecting with like-minded people. It is so important that if you are not surrounded by people that view the world the way that you view or challenge some of your views or helps you see things differently to help you grow and expand, you got to expand your circle of influence. You have to start surrounding yourself with people that you want to embody the type of person that you want to be. And it starts with the people that you have conversations with. That is why community is everything. That is why being a part of a container with people that just get it help expand your ability to grow. It helps skyrocket your growth because those people take you with them onto the next level. Oh, it's so good. So doors are officially closed for Activate. However, if you want to be on the wait list and be the first in line when doors open again, please make sure you sign up for the wait list. I will make sure that you are the first to know if you were on the fence and you were unsure, but you are waiting for the perfect time to join, which if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that there is no perfect time. Uh, but if you need certain things to line up in order to make it happen, I totally hear that. I'm right there with you, but I want to make sure that you are the first person to know when doors 
doors open again. So make sure you sign up for the wait list. All right. All right, my friend, I just want you to know how much I love you and I appreciate you for taking the time to listen to this episode and wanting to better yourself. It is so important. This work is so important. Prioritizing your well-being, prioritizing your emotions, prioritizing your overall health is the most important thing in your life because without you, nothing else will work as well. So taking this time just shows how committed you are to you. Even if it's the only thing that you do today to focus on yourself, I just want to make sure that you know that I see you. All right, my friend, until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine. You're so worthy of it. Until next time.